2: I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological.
1: Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You
0: are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the
1: Miami Dolphin. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Miami!
1: What's up, Dolph fans? and Welcome in to the Tuesday, July the 24th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are just one day away from the rookies or from the veterans reporting to camp and two days away from practice actually happening, but we are going to be talking all things cornerbacks with Kevin Dern, author of the defensive preview piece up on LockdownDolphins.com right now. But before we get into that and some camp news, I kindly invite those of you that have not done so already to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review once you are there. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Wingful NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. And of course, again, LockedOnDolphins.com for all of these camp pieces up there on LOD.com, as well as the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have 10 cornerbacks to get to on this episode. So let's go ahead and bring on Kevin right now for this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins And we are joined now again by Kevin Dern. He is the defensive coordinator of Perfectville, formerly, and our defensive preview author up on LockdownDolphins.com, one of the best pieces we will publish this entire year. Of course, Kevin, back with us here again for the cornerbacks. What's going on, Kev?
0: Uh, Not too much. Getting ready to talk about my old uh, high school position.
1: This is Kevin's bread and butter, the position that he likes talking about most. So we're going to get into it here in just one second. But first, some news coming down from the Dolphins this weekend as we record this podcast on a Sunday was that they're talking about possibly opening up a practice facility right next to the stadium as they plan to move out of Nova Southeastern University. So that's, I guess, not really a whole lot of news, just something that's out there. But the news I wanted to talk to you about, or this, I guess the analysis I wanted to talk to you about was you know you talk about corners and we see Brent Grimes do it here a million times and slipping on the surface and the fact that the Dolphins at the Hard Rock Stadium host so many soccer games and Miami Hurricanes games week one there will be a soccer game on Friday night a friendly belief between Columbia and someone else I believe and Saturday is a Miami Hurricanes game and the Dolphins open the NFL season on Sunday and Kevin are you t- as terrified as I am about this surface being just terrible again because last year some of those games were played on ice skates it seemed like
0: Yeah, although uh, I think that might help us slow down Derrick Henry's stuff. um, Yeah, I don't know. I I think I remember reading that Tom Garfinkel said that they put in new turf before the Orange Bowl was played in Hard Rock Stadium last year. So hopefully that holds up, but, I mean, I can't really think of too many other stadiums outside of here in Pittsburgh that host a college team as well on grass. So Mm -hmm. with a soccer game on top of it, I'm not expecting the field to look great for week one, but hopefully it'll be better than last year.
1: I don't know what it is, if it's just the aesthetics of it or whatever, but I I like watching the games on grass more than the field turf just because it seems more throwback or natural to me, so... For whatever reason, I like it, but it's not a big deal. Let's get into something here that is a big deal and talk about these cornerbacks because I'm looking over the list from last year and I have had kind of forgotten about them and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I did and now I'm getting a little bit of PTSD bringing it back up. But Byron Maxwell actually played 100 snaps for us last year behind Xavier Howard and, and a couple other guys as well. But it sounds like Xavier Howard is ready to take on the role as the number one cornerback on this team, played 97% of the snaps last year, was healthy after a dinged up rookie season. What's your expectations for Howard this year? Is he going to be the same player we saw towards the end of the season last year when he was just dominating?
0: If he can be, that'd, that'd be great. That'd give us the best corner we've had since uh, Sam Madison and Patrick Sertain. So um, if he does, that's great. I think one of the things that helped him out was they started to press a lot more towards the end of the year. And I think with Tony Odin on board and some of the coverages that he'll bring, I think that'll help You know, with Howard and, you know, when they have Tankersley outside as well, those two guys being able to press is is good for the, the whole defense. So hopefully he is. Um, I would like to think he can continue on that. And I know, you know, this is his last year where he's under well, the the team can actually start negotiating a contract extension for him after this coming season. So if he if he balls out and plays really well again, you know, maybe he gets another deal kinda in the same fashion that they, you know, gave Bobby McCain his extension.
1: And I'd be all for doing it early because you look at his contract right now, he's making $1.2 million in 2019. And you got to figure that when 2020 rolls around, that number is going to go way up if his current ascension continues. So if you can get him, like you said, for a Bobby McCain type of contract, I would jump at that immediately. Let's go ahead and talk about McCain on the inside now. Now this is one of the best, or in my opinion, the best camp battle that we have this season, which I think speaks to the competence of our roster and the overall depth of the roster and it is, of course, Cordray Tankersley versus Bobby McCain versus Tony Lippett on the outside in base packages because McCain's going to play the slot inside. So he's here on a new contract that pays him a total of, let's see, $27 million over the course of, is it, four years? So he's here for the long term. He's playing the slot. He's going to be a 70% snap taker. His snap counts have increased every single year of his career. Does he have it in him to challenge for the outside job?
0: Yeah, I think so, And and – You know, call me in the minority here. I don't even think it has to be an either or thing. You know, I've heard people talk about how you know he could play like Chris Harris does in Denver, where he's outside on first down. When you go into your sub stuff, you move him inside.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah,
0: and I think it could be a thing where he's good enough to do that. Um, But I also think that Matt Burke and Tony Oden might find it to their benefit if you can be flexible with that. You know, maybe some weeks you have teams with bigger receivers so you let Cordray Tankersley do it other weeks maybe you have Bobby McCain do it and you play you know make a Fitzpatrick in the in the slot or TJ McDonald as a pseudo you know linebacker in base sets and leave McCain on the field outside so I don't think it's an either or thing or really a battle I think it's going to kind of end up being a thing where they can just pick and choose what they want to do based on how they game plan for a given opponent um I think ultimately the top three corners you know are going to be Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, and Cordray Tankersley. Um, people seem to love Tony Lippett, and he played well against some, some pretty bad teams, and he got a couple interceptions thrown right to him um, back in 2016, and then just coming off an Achilles tear. I, I just think he's going to end up being the top-depth guy on, on the outside, is kind of where I view him. So I think either way you slice it, that trio of Howard McCain and Tankersley, um, that's who I want to roll with
1: yeah that Chris Harris role is definitely kind of where I was gearing towards with the McCain contract and just the fact that he makes as much money as he does the way that he competes the way that he plays the run I talked to you a bit last year or earlier about how last year he played against Demarius Thomas as well as Emmanuel Sanders on the outside and fared pretty well in that Broncos game the Tankers League got hurt in but he is best in the slot we'll see what happens this year we'll talk more about Tony Lippett and the rest of these guys on the other side of the podcast it's at week NFL at Fins.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?
1: Okay, Kev, you brought up Tony Lippett at the end of that last segment talking about how people seem to be super high on him, and you talked a little bit about how this group could be more matchup-based than just definitively you're the guy that plays here on this snap or whatever, and I think those are two things that football fans have a hard time coming to grips with, and the fact that the league is so matchup-based and it's so rotational-based now that it might not even be the same way going forward. positions outside of like the defensive ends and defensive line, these rotations are coming back into the secondary to the receivers, to the running backs everywhere across the field. And you might see more snaps from more guys because of that, but also Lippitt and what he was, you talked about the interceptions. People like interceptions to, to evaluate their cornerbacks, despite the fact that it's four snaps out of like 800. But for me, he's a guy that doesn't change directions very well. He's, he's not really a long strider. He doesn't really have the deep speed to burn. So what is it about Lippitt that people get really excited about?
0: I think it's mostly the length. Um, from what I can remember from 2016, he seemed to have trouble, kind of in the same vein that Byron Maxwell did, where you know he had a hard time covering horizontal breaking routes. Um, I know he doesn't have the greatest speed, but I think that length allows him to kind of bait quarterbacks into throwing towards him when he's you know covering a vertical route. I remember the interception he did have against the Jets off Bryce Petty was was phenomenal. You know, give him credit where credits due. Um, I think he can do things like that. I just think that on the outside, I think Cordray Tankersley has the potential to, to even be better than Xavier Howard down the line. And, you know, Lippitt's on the last year of his contract. He's just not a guy I, I see sticking around, you know, based on what else they have and who else they've added to the roster this year. So, um, I think he's great depth. I think if someone gets hurt, he can come in and do, you know, an admirable job of playing. I just think that Xavier Howard and Cordray Tankersley are both better than he is out on the the perimeter.
1: I love watching the way Tankersley has a feel for the game. And I think that was the Atlanta Falcons game where he was playing a bit of a a soft cover two shell and he, his ability to kind of read the underneath underneath route, but also play to the corner. He's very good at shutting down one side of the field in that zone coverage. So I'm excited to see what he can do and grow in that role and play a lot more. Like you said, I think he is clearly above Lippitt on the depth chart and you look beyond Tony Lippitt and, You mentioned this is the last year of his contract. I think that's very telling in terms of what they did with the draft as well as undrafted free agents because there's a couple of guys on this list that have a chance to unseat him. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but definitely by 2019 could unseat him. And we're talking, of course, about Tory McTire, Cornell Armstrong was a draft pick, and a couple of undrafted free agents that are here on the roster still. But who is your next guy in line? Is it McTire? Is it Armstrong? I know you have a couple of guys that you like beyond him or beyond those guys on the depth chart.
0: Yeah, I, I would give it to Tori McTire, at least if we're talking about playing on the outside, um, just because he did it last year. I think he played against New England on Monday night. He played it um, at Buffalo and, and against Kansas City as well. So he's gotten some snaps in the defense, and you know he was a good special teams player. Um, what I think is going to be interesting is people don't realize that Tony Oden actually took two cornerbacks last year when he was with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Tease Tabor – who a lot of Dolphins fans are probably familiar with being that he was a, a Florida Gator and Charles Washington. And he actually kind of converted them into sort of deep slot safeties or sort of like deep safeties and dime packages and, you know, even prevent or what I would call quarter packages. Um, and that may be something he chooses to do with a guy like Torrey uh, just because I think Cornell Armstrong might have him beat as athletically as far as uh, being able to be a cover guy on the outside Um, But I think Armstrong makes the team. I think he, you know, at the very least is going to be a special teams contributor for us. Um, From the limited Southern Miss games I've seen, he's a pretty good tackler. And he seems to have pretty solid technique as far as, you know, covering routes, covering press, playing off man. So I'm pretty intrigued by him. And I think McTire, you know, did well enough last year where he, he should probably get, you know, a chance to come back this year as well.
1: And he's got a chance to earn himself a new deal because he's he's up for a contract in 2019. But the fact that he's cheap in 2019 with Lippett coming off of a contract year could allow you to kind of ease some of that cap pain at the cornerback position as you prepare to pay a Xavier Howard ahead of Bobby McCain and then down the line, hopefully Cordray Tankersley as well. But this group is... Uh, you and I both communicate with a lot of people that do this stuff for a living, full time, whatever it is, on a daily basis. We read it, we listen to it on podcasts, and from the life of me, I this cornerback group, people seem to love so many of these guys and especially these undrafted guys, and one of the guys I'm looking at here is one that I'm excited to watch in August because he has the number one on his jersey, and I just love watching these DBs run around in single-digit numbers because it's so unique in the NFL. I'm talking, of course, about Jalen Davis, but you also like a guy, Tavis Calhoun. You mentioned him to me the other day, so it almost seems like there are two guys on this roster that just don't belong, and that is Jonathan Alston and Jordan Lucas. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think... um when when I sat down and kind of did my whole DB thing, I think one of the things you kind of have to take into consideration is you're going to save one of those spots for Walt Aikens, right. who's just a, a pure special teamer. And I don't think Jordan Lucas is good enough on special teams to kind of save his own job. Um, I like Tavis Calhoun coming out of Mississippi State, but I think he's a guy who's going to play exclusively on the perimeter. So I've actually got Jalen Davis making the team because if you really look at it, you know, Cornell Armstrong spent the majority of his time at Southern Miss playing outside. Tory McTyre spent the majority of his time playing outside. I know he played some slot last year, but there really isn't another slot corner on the roster. So if something happens to Bobby McCain, do you put Minka Fitzpatrick there full time? Eh, I don't know. I think you can be better served using him all over the place. So I think if I'm if I'm correct, I think Jalen Davis was an All-American on one of the All-American teams out of Utah State. Um, but I think he's probably the the best slot corner we have, you know, pound, best pure slot corner we have after Bobby McCain because I don't think you're going to have Minka Fitzpatrick there full-time. So I actually have him on my 53-man roster just kind of based on where things stand right now. And obviously that can change with, with training camp and preseason, but I'm pretty high on that kid.
1: Yeah, he Jalen Davis was an All American at Utah State, so very high price for a guy that is on the same team as Minka Fitzpatrick in that regard. So I have a little bit of a rebuttal for you that on on that one, Kev. But we're going to do it on the other side of the podcast here. It's at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins, on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast previewing the cornerbacks for the twenty eighteen season with Kevin Dern.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And wrapping up the cornerbacks here with Kevin Dern at KevinMD4 on Twitter. Kevin, you mentioned Jalen Davis, the All-American at Utah State, and just what type of player he was, and the fact that he plays a role that no one else besides Bobby McCain plays on this team in the slot. you talked about Mika Fitzpatrick and his versatility, and that's why he remains my favorite draft pick in so long, and we'll get to this on the, on tomorrow's episode talking about the safeties, is just because he offers you so much versatility with the rest of the football team, and you make so many other guys around him better. So for my money, that's why my cornerback group is Xavier Howard, Cordray Tankersley, Bobby McCain, Tony Lippett, Torrey McTire, and Cornell Armstrong are my six, and I'm keeping Jalen Davis on the practice squad as the seventh. Because if something were to happen to McCain in game, I would like I like I said transition Mc, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick into a role in a pinch in that game and move him down to where we can kind of you know mitigate that loss. But then after that, I would definitely elevate Jalen Davis to the active roster. The hope is you don't lose him to someone else on the practice squad. So you have seven cornerbacks you're keeping. You said.
0: Yeah, so I would keep the same six, and then I also have Jalen Davis on the roster, Um, just because, eh, I don't want to spoil it for the next episode, but I'm only keeping four safeties, and one of them is Walt Akins, um, who's a a pure special teamer. I think if Miami does keep a fifth safety, it's going to be someone who's not currently on the, the Dolphins roster right now. I just don't see that much intrigue out of Jordan Lucas or Trey Elston, and then, you know, Maurice Smith I think had a nice preseason last year, but uh I think they could do better if the, if they're trying to keep someone like that. Yeah, I think they're certainly so that's gonna... why I ended up with seven seven corners.
1: Yeah, and if we want to do more dime defense and get more into the coverages that we want to do that have been different from the past, then you're going to have to have more defensive backs. We can get into that on the next podcast. since we only have six safeties to talk about on this roster, but this group I think as a whole can be could be really good. It could have a huge step forward and really change the way that people perceive this Miami Dolphins team with a physical press type of defense. Do you think it's going to be more in your face this year, a little bit off? Like what's the type of coverage from the cornerback standpoint you're going to see more of this year?
0: Um, I think they'll still keep playing some of those zone coverages that are disguised as man-to-man. I think there'll be a fair amount of cover three. I think there's still some, some quarters coverage that we'll see. Um, You know, Matt Burke's always kind of had that philosophy of being able to play Man to man on third down, and I think that's key. And I think with Tony Oden on board, one of the things we can see is a lot of pattern matching coverage, um, which is, you know, the best equivalent I can give you or analogy is sort of like playing man to man defense in basketball, but you switch every time there's a, a screen. Um, I think we could see some of that, but they could probably do it to where they're only using the safeties, linebackers, and slot corners, um, and you can still let guys like X and Tank you know, play press man outside. So I think we'll see a healthy mix, but I think we'll see a lot more press man, even when we're in some of those zone looks and kind of disguise. excuse me, kind of it this man almost in the way that Seattle does or did when they had, you know, Brandon Browner, Brian Maxwell and Richard Sherman back in the, the Legion of Boom days.
1: All right. Two questions for you here, Kev. One word answer is rapid fire. Okay. Got it. Uh, who leads the team in picks this year at cornerback? X. X does. And who is considered the best cornerback on the roster this time next season?
0: That's a tough one. Um,
1: Xavier Howard. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So always going back towards Xavier Howard. And like we said, if he really breaks out and becomes this top 10 level cornerback, Xavier Xavier Rhodes, Jalen Ramsey, Marcus Peters, whatever it is, This defense can go so much higher than it has been, and especially with the safeties we have on board. We're going to talk about them on the next podcast tomorrow. Kevin, you good on cornerbacks? We're good. All right, let's get into that one. We'll uh, talk about safeties. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And once again, Kevin signing off and we will do the same here on the podcast as that will do it for this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We have one more to go, the safeties on tomorrow, Wednesday's episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And then guys, we are here for a training camp. But in the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you are there. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at @NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown fit Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.